Good morning. Good morning. Shall we worship together? Would you stand and sing with us, please? One, two, three, four. You are not alone if you are lonely when you feel afraid. You're not the only. We are all the same in need of mercy to be forgiven and be free. It's all you got to lean on, but thank God it's all you need. And all the people said amen. Whoa. you're rich or poor, well it don't matter, weak or strong, you know love is what we're after, we're all broken but we're all in this together, God knows we stumble and fall, and he so loved the world he sent his son to save us all, and all the people said amen, whoa. so good to see you this morning. Welcome to worship. If you have not signed up yet for Riches, please do so. This exciting event for everyone will take place June the 25th through the 27th. And this morning, our communion offering benefits Peace with Justice Sunday. The scripture reading this morning is Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. Blessings for obedience. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations on earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruits of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. 
You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruits of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now uh, go in prayer. <clears throat> Loving God, we gather today to praise you, to tell you of your love, and to give you thanks. We thank you especially for the life revealed to us in Christ Jesus. We thank you for revealing your plan of salvation to us in Scripture. Open our hearts and our understanding today as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Teach us to abide in Jesus as he abides in you so that your kingdom might be made known to all. Fill us with your love and grace as we celebrate communion this day. May we leave here reflecting your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
singing that all week since I saw the scripture for this week. Um, riches is right around the corner. Can you guys believe it? Can you believe it? Like school's over pretty much. <laughs> teachers aren't applauding yet. So school's over for most students. <laughs> it will be for teachers soon. We have Father's Day like right around the corner and our big summer event is coming up. If you guys are planning on attending our summer event, any part of it, I would appreciate your registration so that we know how many people to expect for things like dinner and our different activities that we are doing. There are physical registrations out in the lobby that you could um, fill out on your way out today. Or if you want to visit hhumc.com riches, there is an online form you can fill out. It's exactly the same. Um, but we would just appreciate so we can have a head count and know who is attending what day. If there are days that you feel like you want to attend and there's days that you feel like mm, maybe not your cup of tea, we're also looking for volunteers, so you still get to be a part of it. And we would love to have you <laughs> join us that way. Um, the volunteer registration or sign-up is, of course, still out on the Welcome Center along with our Hills Liddy Kids volunteer sign-up. We are still looking for volunteers for our child care staff. Um, so with all of that, I wanted to give a quick idea of what's happening on Friday. I know I talked about it before, but Friday on Riches, the 25th, we are, we are resurrecting our fellowship dinners. So we're going to come together, and we're going to have dinner together, everybody all together, kids included, sorry parents. And um, after dinner, 
We'll have time for the adults. We're going to be introducing what the weekend is, what we're focusing on, which is the riches in our lives that God has provided for us. And um, Pastor Jim will be talking about the riches that we have within our homes, within our families. And um, more specifically, the family that God has built for us. Oftentimes, family has nothing to do with blood at all. And I can tell you I have many siblings that have no relation to me, and they're some of the strongest people in my life. I believe fully that God put them there and that they are blessings, they are riches that he has given to me. So the focus is going to be on those riches that we have been given within our homes and within our families. While the adults are doing that, the kids are going to be sent outside with our nursery crew. Our nursery staff will be there and they will be taking them through an obstacle course on a treasure hunt. Parents, I suggest a change of clothes and a towel. Because the kids will be swimming through, they will be wading through a water balloon swamp and swimming, uh, swinging across a mud pit, and climbing through a spider web, and busting through an old temple to find their treasure. Are you going to be in it? I hope so, because i got other stuff to do. <laughs> uh, all kids are welcome to join, and at the end of their treasure hunt, they will discuss the riches that God has provided for them, the treasures in their faith, and they will all get a goodie bag full of treasures to take home. So we're looking forward to having you all there on Friday evening next week. I will talk about Saturday and the options we have for Saturday. But if I can have my two children come forward, my job security. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So my kiddos, today we're going to talk about something. Sit down. Behave. Thank you. We're going to be talking about a sermon that Jesus gave. Did you know that Jesus gave sermons? Well, generally, it's called teaching. That's really what a sermon is, is teaching. You're giving a lecture to teach somebody about something. And Jesus did that a lot throughout his ministry. And he gave this. You didn't know that? Don't tell anyone. He gave this really big sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And we get a lot of things out of that sermon that you commonly hear sort of quoted and maybe picked apart and argued about in the Bible. Um, as people try to figure out exactly what it is what he is talking about. We, get, we hear things like um, the Beatitudes, which are ideas for Christian living. We hear about loving your enemies, um, about not judging others, about some parables, which were teaching stories, about the golden rule and the Lord's Prayer. He taught us how to pray during this sermon. Let's put our hand down and save our questions, okay? Thank you. But my, what I want to focus on today, we're starting a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to be talking about it over the next several weeks. Today I want to focus on this part called the Beatitudes, where Jesus is talking about what it means to live as a Christian, as a follower of God. Now when he was preaching this, the people he was talking to weren't Christians. Did you know that? They weren't Christians, because Christians didn't exist until after Jesus came. Christian means a follower of Christ or a follower of Jesus. But he was preaching to people who were traditionally Israelites. They were Jewish. Or maybe they were a different religion from a different area. And he was trying to teach them about a radical, a crazy new way of thinking and of living. And what, he, um, what he's telling them in the Beatitudes was hard for some people to understand. See, he was talking to people who were focused very much on rule following, on doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, right? And a lot of the times they were doing it to seek attention or praise. Look at how good I am at following all these rules. Tell me I'm the greatest, right? 
that's rude. That's what he was, he was preaching to. He was preaching to people who followed these rules and made a big show of following the rules. And he said to them that this isn't enough. You can't just follow the rules because you were told to follow the rules. If you want to really follow my father and be a part of his kingdom, you have to have the right attitude when you're following these rules. Because following God is a way of life. And it comes from your inside, from the inside out, from your heart out into the world. It's not a set of rules that are meant to um, restrict us, but the rules are there to teach us more and to show the love of God to other people. And he went through and he said, blessed are people who are sad. Blessed are people who are poor in spirit. Blessed are people who are meek or humble. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are... Oh, my goodness, those who show mercy, they're pure in heart. I'm losing them. But all of these things that don't sound normal, right? Does it sound normal to say, oh, you're poor in spirit, you must be blessed? Or you're meek, which is a word for humble, right, or gentle. You're definitely blessed. But Jesus is telling him, if we switch out that word blessed for happy, which is another way that you can translate it, he says your life will be happy and will be good if you are a peacemaker. Your life will be happy and good if you're pure in spirit, if you seek God before all other things. Your life will be happy and good even when you mourn because God will be with you. Even when you're sad, God will be with you. If you have the right attitude and you follow God with your heart and not just your actions, he will be there with you all of the time. And we're going to talk about what the Beatitudes are more in spark worship, okay? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close your eyes, and talk to God. Say, dear God, help us to set our minds on you, to have the right attitude, so that we may show the world who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go out the side door to spark worship. Morning. Good to see all of y'all. I went to Home Depot the other day, and they had uh, plans for an ark. Did y'all see that? Yeah. But no, it's, uh, or as the uh, other expression goes, it's been great weather for ducks, right? And I have a duck story this morning. A week ago Friday, I was, I was out front, and my neighbor across the street was there, and we were talking, or he came out, and I said, Brian, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm going down here to catch the duck. And I said, the duck? And he said, yeah. He said, there's a duck in our, that's been walking around our neighborhood. And I want to, you know, catch it and take it someplace where ducks are instead of, instead of here. So anyway, I said, you know, fine. Things transpired. Well, Sunday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, Rebecca was out in the front yard. She was transplanting some, uh, some flocks that she brought from uh, my parents' house up in the panhandle. And then and she comes running in and she says, Jim, the duck's out here. And she said, we can catch it and I'll take it, and I'll take it, to, the, uh, I'll take it to Bernie tomorrow and put it out there with the rest of the ducks, right? All the ducks and Bernie. So, so I said, okay, you know, <laughs> you know what am I going to say? But, but anyway, so boy, howdy. 
if somebody had taken a, a video of this, <laughs> it would have gone viral. Because here we are. We, okay, so first off, the duck's across the, across the street, and nobody's over there. So we, we monkey around for a few minutes, and we finally get the duck to cross the street in the vicinity of our yard. We open both of our gates because we figure all we got to do is get that baby to walk through the gate, slam the gate, and we got the duck, right? No problem. So, so you know, you make yourself big, you know. And so we're, we're out there. Like I say, it was, it was a comedy. And, uh, and we'd get the duck close to, to going where it was supposed to, and then it'd run under the neighbor's truck. Or something, you know, and so finally, and so we got a broom so we could push the duck out from under the truck, and, and we kept going around, and, and, uh, and I guess after about 20 minutes or so, it was a pretty good workout, uh, after about 20 minutes or so, one of our neighbors down the street sees us, and she comes down, and, you know, and that's what I'm thinking all along. All we, all we need is some more people, and we can, we can surround this duck, you know, so, uh, so she comes down, and sure enough, we keep, we keep herding the duck where it's supposed to go. You know, they talk about herding cats. Well, have you ever tried to herd ducks? And, th and this is just one duck, you know, but we succeeded. We finally got the duck in the yard and closed the gate. And the poor devil, it was thirsty. You should have seen it. I didn't think it was ever going to stop drinking water. We put water out there for it. We gave it a great meal. It had water and cat food. And, uh, <laughs> but it, it seemed to enjoy the cat food, you know. It didn't like the potatoes too well. But anyway, we caught the duck. And uh, it, was, it was quite a deal. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew. Jesse mentioned it in the children's service. We're going to do a series on the Sermon on the Mount. So we'll be talking about the Sermon on the Mount until end of July because I happen to believe it's, it's the most important place that Jesus put everything together talking about the kingdom of God. That's what the Sermon on the Mount's about. It's about the kingdom of God. And you know, there's been, uh, through the years in the church, there, you know, there's been a lot of controversy. Some people say, well, the Sermon on the Mount is the way things are going to be after Jesus comes back. But I don't believe that. I believe Jesus was telling the people how they could conduct themselves right now, today, so that the kingdom of God would be present and that they would enjoy the blessings of the kingdom of God. I want to start this morning. I may do it every week. Y'all probably get tired of it. But anyway, I'm going to start at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Or I'm, I'm, I'm not going to really... I'm just going to read what's at the very end. Of course, the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. That's the whole Sermon on the Mount right there. And its, its analog is Luke chapter 6, the Sermon on the Plain. And again, there's controversy with biblical scholars. Some folks think that's the same sermon 
and Luke just wrote it down a little differently than Matthew, or Matthew wrote it down differently than Luke, however you want to look at it. And some folks think it's an entirely different sermon. In either case, there are certainly common themes that run in both places. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I'm also, before I start reading today's actual scriptures, I want to read just a couple out of chapter 4 to sort of set the scene, to set the context. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 says, from that time Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Y'all have heard me say it, you're going to hear me say it especially the next few weeks. Jesus preached about the kingdom of heaven or it's also referred to as the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus preached about. Jesus didn't come to set up a school, set up a new religious tradition, set up a new set of standards that are rules that people should follow. He came so that people so that he could give them a transformed heart. And he knew that if they had a transformed heart, the details would work themselves out. And they would act in a righteous manner. And they would live in the presence of the kingdom of God. Verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. It's the end of chapter 4. This is the beginning of chapter 5, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, today's scripture. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before them. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? If it is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who welcomes all into your kingdom. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, Jesus lifts off a list of terms there to start out his sermon. And remember, we read there at the end of chapter 4, and again, chapters and verses weren't written. And Matthew didn't write any chapters and verses. He wrote a narrative about Jesus Christ. And so the break there is, dare I say, like a lot of things we do, man-made and a tradition, and we've gotten stuck on it. This particular break is a pretty good one, though, because, like I say, uh, 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount, and it makes it easy to bookend and study. But there's a crowd of people there, all sorts of people. It says they were from Judea and Jerusalem and all the surrounding area in Syria there, right? All kinds of people, uh, you know. I'm thinking about that armor or that Oscar Mayer hot dog commercial, right? Fat kids, skinny kids, kids who climb on rocks, tough kids, sissy kids, even kids with chicken pox, right? Love hot dogs. And that's, that's uh, the kind of crowd Jesus was preaching to there. All kinds of people, all kinds of people were out there. And so he wasn't preaching to an elite group of Pharisees or zealots or anybody else who strictly kept the law. He was preaching to the riffraff, if you will, the rabble. 
And he starts out there, you know. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, what are you if you're poor in spirit? I'd say maybe, maybe a contemporary word might be depressed, right? Blessed are the depressed because they get to take antidepressants, right? No. No, that's not what he said. So you see, I think, I think a lot of people have turned this around. In fact, I think I was in third grade. It might have been fourth grade. At vacation Bible school one Sunday, I mean one, one summer, we got, we got printed out the Beatitudes, right? Many of you, you have probably had a similar experience. We put them on a piece of wood and put shellac over it and everything else and made a little plaque to hand up on The Beatitudes is not a list of commandments to do, right? Think about it. Depressed, you know? Jesus says, blessed are you if you're depressed because yours is the kingdom of heaven, right? Wow, that's kind of odd. Again, it's not a list of things we are supposed to do. It's a list of bad conditions that that people are in, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? Who hungers and thirsts for righteousness? People who have been treated unjustly, right? Those are the people who really hunger and thirst for righteousness, if you think about it. Or maybe, maybe somebody who, in their own estimation, keeps falling short. They can't quite do the right thing. And Jesus said, those people are blessed. Blessed are the pure in heart, right? For they're going to see God. Who are the pure in heart? These are the people that are a real pain in the rear, right? That's who they are. We have have another term for these people. We call them perfectionists, right? Those are the, the, quote, pure in heart. They think they're pure in heart. They think they know the right way, right? We have a lot of them in the Methodist church, right? They can criticize anything, right? It could be the most beautiful day on earth, and they'll say, yeah, but it'd be better if, you know? These are the pure in heart, right? They're not typically blessed. It's, it's a curse, you know, to try and think that you've got to do everything just right. So what's Jesus saying here? What's Jesus saying to the crowd? He's saying no matter how bad your circumstances are, you're eligible to come into the kingdom of God. You can come into the kingdom of God. Regardless of your circumstances, no one is excluded from the kingdom of God. No one. You can make it. What about the peacemakers, right? You know, you think, well, gee, that sounds like a nice thing, right? Uh, Let me see. Are any any of y'all peace officers in here? What's a policeman's favorite call? A domestic disturbance, right? Boy, howdy, they're all chomping at the bits to go to a domestic disturbance, right? Go try and be a peacemaker and see how blessed you are, right? I'd, I'd maintain you're not going to be very blessed at all. And in fact, ultimately, you're going to get both sides against you, right? 
That's what's going to happen to you. The blessing is not in the condition. Jesus isn't saying if you, if you have the, just because you have this condition, you're blessed. No. The blessing is in spite of the condition. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying God's kingdom is open to everybody. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. And you know how you get into God's kingdom of righteousness? How you get into king, God's kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? Isn't that what Paul said the kingdom of God was in Romans chapter 14? Romans chapter 14, 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God, right? You get into it by absolute trust in Jesus. That's how you get in the kingdom of God. That's how you realize the kingdom of God. Jesus said, doesn't matter what your circumstances are. If you trust in me, you get into the kingdom of God. You don't earn it. The Beatitudes, see, here's where we get into grace, right? The lamp, the light is put on the lampstand. And what does it say there? It says so that everybody in the house gets the light, right? We all get to walk outside today, and whether it's sunny or rainy, it's going to happen to all of us, right? That's God's grace. That's grace, you know? That poor duck was waddling along, you know, minding its own business, but it was probably thinking, this stinks. There aren't any other ducks in this neighborhood. There's not a decent pond here or anything else, right? While we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. We're going to repeat that again in a minute when we take communion, right? God sent Jesus to get us, okay? We went out there and caught that duck, okay? I'm not putting myself in the place of God. Don't misunderstand me. But it's, a, but it's an example of grace. No telling what would happen to the duck. But we corral the duck up, and the next day it got taken to a lake and put out with other ducks. And within 30 minutes, it had made acquaintance with some other ducks. It was in the duck kingdom of God, if you will, you know? It was. It, it truly was. It truly was. It knew where it was supposed to be, and it felt good there, you know? That's what happens in the kingdom of God. You know where you're supposed to be, and you feel good there, and you feel good there, and it's for everybody. It's not an exclusive club, and you don't have to do anything to earn it, right? Romans 6.23, a verse that all of you know I know, it says what? The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Or Ephesians 2.8 and 9, right? You were saved by grace through faith. Not of yourself, but as a gift of God. 
not of works so that no one may boast, right? Jesus wasn't giving people a new list of things they had to do. If he had, that would have been works. God doesn't save us by works. It's a gift. It's a gift for all of us, for each and every one of us. That's what Jesus was trying to teach the people there to start out. And then he goes on, as we shall see in the weeks to come. Jesus didn't say, you know, as Bob Dylan said, right, don't steal, don't lisp, 20 years of schooling, and they put you on the day shift, right? Jesus said, you know, let me give you a new heart. Let me give you a new heart. And if you have the heart of Jesus, if you have the heart of Jesus, then what? You do good works. You do good works. Not to earn anything, but so that other people will see the good works and give glory to God. Give glory to God in heaven. So, as we come to the table this morning, we remember this table that Jesus set is for everybody. Just like the kingdom of God is for everybody. But it's up to us to look like citizens of the kingdom of God, right? Citizens of the kingdom of God have a heart that's given to them by Jesus. And they shine, they reflect God's light everywhere. If it quacks and it walks like a duck and it's got webbed feet, you know it's a duck, right? So, as you come to the table this morning, I want you to remember that one of the main characteristics of a Christian and the God we serve is forgiveness. So if there's anything you need to be forgiven of this morning, ask God. The grace is here to get it. If there's anybody you need to forgive, forgive them. Get it over with. Remove it from you just like God removes our sin. Make it as far as the east is from the west. And remember, everyone is welcome in the kingdom of God. Amen? And now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.